Hi, this is Ryan Kinseth with the SoCal Artist Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about balancing color and values while painting. And before we get into the show, I just wanted to let you know that I am uh, currently booking for live wedding paintings for 2023 and 2024, and if you are interested, please reach out to me at ryankinsethart at gmail.com which I will put in the bio of this episode. Let's get to the episode now. Thank you. So getting into this episode, something I wanted to talk about was uh, about values and about colors. And when it comes to oil painting, especially, it is very, very important to figure out how you're going to make the painting have depth, make a good design with the painting, make sure the composition looks correct. And this all comes from the values. I apologize if you hear background. It's from the construction going on in the alleyway, as a lot of my episodes tend to have. But we will move forward. So... What am I talking about when it when I say values are most important? Well, I mean, what is the tone of this color? Is it closer to white or is it closer to black? And there's a whole mid-scale in between, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And it's going to be, just imagine, a grayscale monochromatic tone. And this is for every single color. doesn't matter what color you mix. You can keep the same color and reduce the tone or or increase the tone of this color to have a higher value or a lower value or i let's make this easier and say a lighter value or a darker value so this is very very important when it comes to showing depth in the paintings like i said so some some ways to think about how you need to think about values while you're painting is how am I darkening my values and how am I lightening my values? So let's say you're portrait painting and you have a painting, right? At, uh, you know, you're in, you're in the early stages and you're starting with some type of earthy tone that's maybe like a six on the value scale, which is not fully dark, um, but not, not light either. And you're just getting the sketch and the drawing going. So something that a lot of us will tend to do is we make sure the proportions are correct with this kind of number six or, you know, five or seven, whatever it is. And you are making sure the proportions are looking scaled according to the live model or the reference photo that you're looking at. And from this point on, let's say you get the drawing in place. Well, I'm going to start getting some basic colors into the the drawing itself so you make another mixture and you get it close to to what you think that shadow side of the face is and you put that in there and then the light side of the face you block that in there and you're kind of staying in the middle area you're going from maybe the lowest or the lightest value at like a three and maybe four and you're going up to the darkest value at like a seven or so on the on the value scale 
And the reason you're doing this is because you're trying to make sure the proportions are correct with with where you're at. And so you don't want to just start putting in some really dark values and also putting in some really light highlights, which you should be building up to anyways. And so once you get the proportions correct, you're blocking in and you have more color on, or you have more paint on the canvas, especially with oil painting because you want, in Ala Prima, you're gonna wanna paint, which is wet on wet, you're gonna wanna try to get as much paint on the canvas down before you keep going on to the next layers and layers and layers. You don't wanna just sit in one spot and start getting the details accurate. You wanna make sure the entire painting or area that you're gonna be covering is covered in paint early on. So you're staying in these mid-tones and you're going from a three to a seven, kind of back and forth, three to seven. You might ask me, how did I get to that three if I started at a, a six or so on the value scale? So three being light and six being darker, because I know it could be flipped sometimes on value scales. Sorry, I had to drink some coffee. Um, there's a couple ways to reduce the value there. So if you have this mixture that's a, a skin tone mixture, maybe it's close to like orangish, you know, beige, and nothing, not not vivid, but just something orangish beige. You can grab white, and you can lighten this. What something that happens though when you grab white and you lighten this is you're actually taking away the the you're reducing the chroma of the color itself so the color is losing itself out of that uh, mixture when you're adding white to it so if you have other colors let's say you're using you know you have uh, cadmium yellow um, a cadmium yellow light or you have some radiant colors which tend to be more springy looking colors like radiant blue radiant magenta radiant red, radiant green. These are light values. And and if you're gonna reduce the value with one of these colors, then it's going to change the color of the actual mixture that you made. It's it's not gonna reduce the color. It's going to um it's going to change it depending on where you started. So Something you need to be aware of is if you're going lighter in value, where what is that color looking like that you're trying to match for, let's say, the, the light side of the face at the three on the value scale? Is it something that's more yellowish? Is it something that's more reddish? Is it something that's um, bluish because it's a, for a cool highlight and maybe there's a cool light on it? Is it, you know, is it more towards green? These are questions you need to be asking yourself when you're going to reduce the value because just adding white to the mixture is going to lighten it, but it's also going to uh, take away the color. And so you need to, to ask yourself these questions when you're reducing the color. I mean, uh, when you're reducing the value there. Same thing with darkening. If you're going toward the shadow, a really good method I use is, is this shadow warm or is it cool and warm tends to be more of the reddish shadows is it kind of a purple reddish shadow or is it more like a, a bluish 
um, I mean, pretty much a bluish shadow. Is it, um, is it warm or is it cool? And these are questions that are going to help you understand what you need to use to darken this shadow or darken this value. And now I'm, I'm talking about even dark, dark shadows. Like let's say we're moving towards an eight or a nine or possibly a 10. Something I, I would do is if it's a cool shadow, you probably have worked with ultramar ultramarine blue and maybe you have ivory, uh, ivory black on your palette as well. But if you have ultramarine blue and it's a cool shadow, that's a great way to, to um, that's a great color to use for darkening any type of um, color mixture there. However, it is very, very dark. So even a hint of adding, if you have another type of blue, like a thalo blue, or even something that's um, like a radiant blue, which is very light, even a little bit of that will help reduce the or lighten the, the value there. Because when you add ultramarine blue, it's, it's a dark, dark color. It's not going to just bring out the blue in it. It's going to darken this value mixture. I mean, if you if you literally grab ultramarine blue and quinacrinone magenta and mix those together, you will make black. I mean, uh, that magenta as well is such a such a strong color there that these two mixtures together will make black. And it's actually a great way to if you're typically only using ivory black for darkening values and and creating. Um, black shadows in your painting it does tend to dole out a little bit ivory black by itself so adding ultramarine blue can can help hold that that really dark depth that you're looking for and if you add ultramarine blue and quinacrinone magenta and ivory black i mean you're just creating a black hole in the universe so that's a good tip as well so when it comes to highlights, um, we've, we're talking about darks uh, and dark values. When it comes to highlights, there's – and something you might um, understand. Let's say you were working with a Zorn palette where, or you know, a variation of the Zorn palette or just a primary palette, which is titanium white, ivory black, a blue, whether it's ultramarine blue or thalo blue people tend to go to ultramarine blue um, a yellow cadmium yellow a cadmium red and uh, you have this these three primary colors your black and your white you can only get so far with creating vivid saturated colors with this palette and what I mean by that is you it, this these will be a mixture that you can use for a lot of different variations i would put yellow ochre in there as well and i would um also put a earthy color like um, burnt sienna or or um raw umber something of that variation but if you want vivid colors then you are going to need more more than this mixture because if you want to make a bright orange uh, a bright orange you can achieve this with you know cadmium yellow and cadmium red but it depends how bright you're trying to get with it 
Um, so you're going to need uh, the color mixtures themselves, um, which is going to be something like you might need the cadmium orange if you're really trying to achieve a saturated color. Or if you're trying to make bright pink, it's not going to work with just uh, your cadmium red and titanium, titanium white because the white is going to reduce the chroma out of out of the mixture and it's going to make a pink it's going to make a pink variation but it's not going to be um, bright enough to make a vivid pink and if you add a little bit of yellow cadmium yellow or uh, or cadmium yellow white which is actually closer to green it's not going to still achieve that that pinkish effect because pink is kind of close to to that orangish scale I mean obviously it's more red than yellow um, but you're still not going to get a bright bright pink. So you're going to need some colors like um, alizarin crimson or you're going to need a, just the magenta itself, quinacrinone uh, magenta. You're going to need a, a violet color possibly. Depends on what type of pink variation you're looking for. But something I like to do when I'm making vivid colors, if I really need a vivid color and, and saturated color in this piece, that was going to be like the the golden standard of a highlight. Let's say I get that perfect color mixture that's vivid and saturated and it's pink and I'm like, yes, this is maybe it's like the tip of a rose or tip of a flower and it's gonna it's gonna be the perfect highlight here. Something I'm gonna do to accentuate this highlight is make a similar mixture but orange which is very similar to pink. Uh, and and I'm talking I'm not talking about like a bright orange like a like a what's a bright orange? All I can think of is literally the fruit in orange. But let's make a softer orange that is closer to pink. So it's not going to have it's going to have yellow in it, but it's not going to have as much yellow as you would typically need. And put a couple of those strokes in as well before or alongside as you add that pink that pink mixture. And I feel like this is kind of what separates my work with colors. People tend to say like, oh, you, I, I love the color mixtures you use. It's because when someone else might go straight for a pink and build up that pink spot for that flower and then maybe add a little bit of white to, to accentuate it at the very end to, to get like to a two in that value scale. And it looks great. But I feel like that little added variation of putting a little bit of an orange right next to it pulls out, it complements that color, that pink highlight, and actually brings it out a little bit more than it would have by itself. Even if you just went from a dark pink value, dark dark pink value dark pink and then went to that light pink and then you know to the lightest spot adding those other colors right next to it or alongside it or underneath it however you want to go about this can can sometimes accentuate this color and i do this with everything when i'm especially when i'm building highlights so let's say it's a really bright blue like we have a bright blue light that's shiny on someone's face and I am going to build up that bright blue light and so I had the underpainting it's like a, just a number five or six in the value scale and I'm like I'm going to build this this blue up and what someone else might do is they might 
lighten the value of the blue, lighten the value of the blue, keep lightening the value, and, and finally build up to that, that highlight that they wanted. But what I'm thinking about differently is what color can I add right alongside this or underneath? Or Underneath is, is a little sketchy, by the way, because it could change the color itself, almost like a, you're layering on top. So it's actually creating this illusion effect that it's changing the color. So you got to be strategic about how you apply this. But I'm building up that blue, and I might make a turquoise mixture because I know that a turquoise is going to, or a teal is going to bring out that blue just a little bit more than the blue color itself would have done just by itself. And so I make that turquoise or teal mixture, and I add just the a little bit right at the edge of the highlight and and all of a sudden people are people are saying wow i really love that that blue highlight you used and maybe they see the turquoise maybe they see the teal maybe they don't even notice but i'm putting in that that vivid blue at the very end maybe adding a tiny bit of um a light a lighter value to to really make it shine brighter but it also has that teal mixture Hell, I might even, if I have that teal, I might even have a little bit of yellow, like a yellow variation of that teal right alongside it as well because I'm just, it's almost like a gradient effect. You know when you see a gradient color? Um, a gradient when you're editing a photo or, or it says, you know, would you like to use this gradient for... Let's say you're in your website creator and you have to pick the colors of your website. The gradients always look very pretty. And that's something I try to achieve in my paintings is this gradient effect that I'm, I'm making with colors. And it's usually because you're picking a complementary color or a color that it doesn't have to be a complementary color, but um, almost a, a color that is right alongside it in the val I mean in the color wheel and so this is helping just bring that out a little bit further it's almost like you were building up to that final color that final saturated color which was that blue but in order to build up to that I had um, the in the lightest spots a little bit more green a little bit more uh, uh, towards the yellow and then maybe in the darker spots I'm going a little bit more towards purple it's it's almost this gradient effect that just really accentuates the colors themselves. So if if some lasting thoughts, I'll I'll just give you. If you want to know my color palette, um, I don't know if I ever hear that many artists talk about their palettes. And I took a class recently, and I actually was asking the instructor who I really admire. Um, I was asking them or asking him what is palette was and it was very fascinating because I feel like people don't talk about this all the time but he uses the same exact palette for every single painting he does doesn't matter what the painting is and I believe him because his easel had all the dried oil paint of the palette itself around the entire thing and he was just adding more adding more adding more in those exact same spots but if you want to know mine, I started off, I learned off a Zorn palette, which is titanium, a variation of the Zorn, because the Zorn was originally like Viridian and um, some colors I didn't 
go straight towards. But this is a variation of Zorn. So it's titanium white, ivory black is always in my palette because I really like that gray scale that I can make with this to, to reduce the chroma and to, to bring in some um, duller colors, which will help accentuate the saturated colors. I always do cadmium yellow. Um, cadmium yellow medium is a nice, like, solid yellow, which is going to be more closer to, like, if you're trying to get to those oranges, like, like um, darker oranges, then it's going to be a great mixture. I do cadmium red, and I do cadmium red medium, and this is definitely a deeper red. Uh, it's cadmium red medium. There's cadmium red, uh, red light. I used to use this more often. It's close to orange. I mean, when you put it on your palette, sometimes it even looks very orange. And I used to use this. It's very good if, if you're really trying to achieve a, a variety of oranges in your painting. Um, I don't always use it anymore. Same with cadmium yellow light. That's uh, It's closer to green. And it's it definitely can can be useful if you need some really light highlights that you need to use yellow to reduce it down and just be aware that it's going to turn closer to green when you use cadmium yellow light i sometimes use it but not as much anymore yellow ochre is one of my favorite colors that i use it's an earthy yellow is the best way to put it it's a darker yellow and there's a i think there's actually a gold ochre that some people use I've, I think I have it, but I've never, maybe I use it on one painting, but yellow ochre is beautiful. And honestly, mixing that with cadmium red is a great way to, to get a variety of skin tones. So highly recommend yellow ochre. And I always use ultramarine blue. One of my favorites, just such a deep, vivid blue. It actually, I read once, um, that, Ultramarine blue used to literally be used as wealth and rich, and it was almost a symbol for for the wealthy and was only used for people of wealth. So you'd see paintings with um, you know royalty and just vivid ultramarine blue colors in these paintings. I can see why it feels like a very, very rich color to use um i always put an earthy tone in so I, I i tend to like raw umber it's just an earthy tone i also switch off with burnt sienna i think indian red is a good variation if you need more redder redder tones in uh in your palette there indian red's a good one burnt sienna raw umber i typically stay towards raw umber or burnt sienna and other than that um Thalo green is is one that I will sometimes have in there if I'm not trying to mix greens or if I need a lot of variations of green. Um, and sap green is good for like kind of that yellow greenish, that yellow greenish uh, transition that you might need for some wildlife or in the in the woods. Sap green. Other than that, quinacrinone magenta, which can really help deepen your your blacks or the the darkest values there, and can get you some very rich, 
magenta colors. Um, alizarin crimson is one that I tend to put on my palette. And this is just such a rich color as well. I mean, this one a little goes a long way for just bringing out this bright red. But not a bright red. It's almost like a magenta red that's just beautiful. It just holds super firm in the mixtures that you you create there. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really working to see what my ultimate palette is, you know, Obviously, it's it's changing based on the paintings I create, but I'm really finding that golden standard of the palette. Palette I, I tend to use a couple of radiants, like radiant blue, which are springy colors, radiant magenta, radiant green, radiant red. They're typically think of the color that it is and just imagine a spring variation of that, like Easter type color, and that's what the radiants bring out. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of a base. It started with a Zorn palette and I brought in some more colors for portrait painting and I change it up and I'm learning new things and I'm always learning. So would love to hear what your palettes are and you can always email me at ryankinsethart at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and please, please, please review this episode it really helps me a lot to know what's going well and what's going you know what what would you like to see more of because i'm going off of what i feel like i should talk about i'd love to know what you you would like me to talk about because i would love to go down it so please review please rate and apple podcasts and spotify podcasts whatever you're listening on it really really helps me know where to go so thank you and have a great rest of your week